0: And welcome to another week. This is episode fifty-six of the Department of Metal Antiquities. We are the podcast that tells you about albums by very famous artists you might not have heard about. This week, we are going to be going on about uh, a Metallica alumnus and a Suicidal Tendencies alumnus and a Jane's Addiction alumnus. They came together back in nineteen ninety-one to put out a funk metal record or a metal funk record. Uh However you want to look at that, that's really up to you as it goes on. Hopefully this intro will go okay, because I am currently cuddling with Leia Shabubu Cameron, my wife's kitten, although she's no longer a kitten. We've had her for just over a year now, and she is really needy right now, and has actually been biting uh, biting the headphone wires, which is irritating, but... um this week, uh, it's, uh, we are we had fall back last night, and then it's just been a it's been a week of change here in the Cameron household. I don't think anybody wants to hear about that too much, but you know we're all getting through, doing the best we can, and it's 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 a week, and hopefully I can give you a little bit. Hopefully we can give you a little bit of audio fun and pleasure to go on about and talk about it the water cooler and all that good stuff, whether you're listening to this at your cubicle or in the car or wherever you're at. Thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate all of the people from all around the world that check us out. See, we've got some actual, uh, we've got some listeners in Australia. Thank you very much. Totally cool that you are joining us. But before we get too far, let's uh, talk about how festivals are coming back, concerts are coming back. By the uh, couple of days after you hear this, most likely, I will have attended my first concert in a while. Going to be seeing I Fight Dragons at uh, Red Flag this coming up week. Very excited about that. And uh, it's we're all going through some stuff. But uh, the hockey season is in full swing, so I am happy to give shout-outs to my friends in the hockey podcasting world. The first one, of course, is, as always, fourth line voice darren out of saskatoon saskatchewan does a podcast about old school hockey and the fighters and you know how they uh changed the game how the G- game and how the game has changed without them and as it is as we are and another one doing the same similar kind of thing is uh alec and i can't pronounce his last name i apologize not that he listens to this anyway so he doesn't hear at uh the five for fighting podcast he's based out of florida goes to all the florida everblades games and talks quite a bit about them um both really good guys uh, good follows on twitter as well all that kind of good stuff and of course the c squared music podcast which will teach anybody out there in the world how to keep their well, how to grow their fan base and how to grow it all and, and work through it. But uh, that's all there is this week. want to thank you very much for listening. As I said, I appreciate all the support we have gotten in this podcast. This is uh, it's, it's technically the 50, what did I say? I'm going to have to check now because I don't remember. This is uh, episode 56 of New Content, the 56th week of the podcast. As unfortunately, last week we had a technical snafu and we re ran an episode. But uh, thank you for listening. And with that, it's time to cue the music. Welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities.
1: Well, we remember what everyone else has forgotten.
0: As always, it is Nick Cameron joined by Duncan Evans of Waxworm Moonlow. Duncan Evans' music and 18 other things that he does not have time for yet because he is a new father. How are we doing today?
1: Doing very well, thank you. i quite tired having been at Damnation Festival yesterday, <laughs> reviewing it for Ghost Cult magazine, um, which was a great day. Uh, but yes, I am. Um, tired um but also i want to get my little promotional section in you mentioned the projects that i'm part of and my solo uh project has just released a split album with wilderness hymnal so the title of the album is until liars fear you it has a great title Thank you. It's just come out on uh, Trepanation Recordings on CD and cassette and as a digital download. There's five Duncan Evans tracks, five Wilderness Hymnal tracks, Wilderness Hymnal being another um, brilliant artist. Um, And there's a collaborative track on there as well. So if you like dark folk, post punk, um, art rock, um, synth music, electronic music, doom gaze, that sort of stuff, then um, you might want to check it out. You might enjoy it until (laughs) Liars Fear You. Um, Duncan
0: is an extraordinarily talented and humble individual. And I'm going to point out, he puts out about three releases a year. So that's, that's an amazing pace. Very, very proud to be associated with you.
1: Oh, well, thank you very much, man. Yeah, I don't know whether I'll be able to keep up the three releases um, per year going forward. But yeah, this past year has been three releases, um, which is is a record for me. Um, So, yes, it's it's all good and I enjoy it a lot. Um, so who are we listening to there, Nick? That sounded to me to be, um, a kind of, I I reckon it was, it was a black metal band and it was, I think something relatively recent. I'm going to go last 10 years. Oh, very much last,
0: even way more
1: recent than that. Right. Okay. Um, well, go on then you tell us.
0: This was, uh, John Raid from their Prosthetic Records debut, which is not their actual debut. Behold, sedition plain song they are an english folk black metal band a lot of strings a lot of that kind of stuff they sing uh strongly about the workers
1: i know Uh, them not only do i know the band i know them personally as well a little bit i don't have that album i have the first album the debut which is great um yeah very much a left-wing um anti-fascist black metal band which is is great and refreshing to see
0: those very left wing
1: <laughs> coming up um you know sadly there is when I mean, some black metal bands have a, a bit of a right wing stance sadly um but it is great that there's some left-wing uh black metal bands uh, i agree and yeah great bands i I, came,
0: well. uh, I i came into them when uh halo fly sent me their previous record Oh my God, which I can't remember the title of. Uh, They sent me that for a vinyl review number eight years ago. And then I did a review of this one, not a vinyl review, just a a regular digital one. And I've loved it. So of course I bought it, but uh, that's where we are. And who are we talking about today?
1: All right. Um, When you said that for a second, I went blank and thought, I don't know. But of course, I do know we are talking about um, something of a super group that began in the very late 80s and released their first album that we're talking about today in 1991. So this band is Infectious Grooves featuring. Well, Nick, you can tell us who the members are or at least were for this lineup and what the significance of them is or was.
0: First, I'm going to say that using the term supergroup, we're really, really, really pushing the the limit in terms of that one.
1: I don't Uh, know, man. I mean, I think that's on their Wikipedia. Yeah, here we go. The first line of Wikipedia, American Funk Metal Supergroup. I mean, you know, look, we've got guys from um, Jane's Addiction, I believe. Oh, wait a
0: minute. Wait a minute. Okay, I didn't. Who do we have from Jane's addiction? Cuz
1: Perkins or was he oh, in Jane's addiction at the time? He's de- he was the drummer in Infectious Grooves. Yeah, he at was. At the time and, and was... I think he was also the drummer at the time in Jane's. He was, yeah, 1987. He was on I think um Oh, nobody even knows anymore. This, this, It's always fun when we just have to scramble around. He, no, he, yes, he, he was, was, he was, he was, he, he was, was, he was. He was. I've, just, I've just checked it. He was on the first Jane's Addiction album and stayed with them. So 1987, he was on that record, so they were pretty big. And he was on this Infectious Grooves record from 1991. We've also, of course, got two, is it just two members? Yeah. Of um, suicidal tendencies. Um,
0: oh, Dave Kushner's on this too.
1: Is he on Infectious Grooves? This album? No, yeah. not on this one. No, 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 no. Yes, Mike
0: Dave Kushner.
1: Oh, it doesn't say that on the. Um, see, this is what happens when you rely on Wikipedia. It says here, Mike Mike Moore, Mike Moore, singer Muir. from Muir, singer from Suicidal Tendencies, Rob Trahejo, also, bass player from Suicide Tendencies, Trujillo. I'm sure it's Trujillo. I'm I'm very sure that when I saw Metallica with him, they they pronounced it like that. But he's fine. from
0: Mexico City.
1: All right, okay, yeah. The <laughs> double L is pronounced that way. Then, well, maybe they just got it wrong. I think it was, um, what's he called? Um, um, see, this shows. I'm tired today. I forgot the name of the singer from Metallica, James James Hetfield. He may well have just said it wrong. Um. Or I might have remembered it wrong, but anyway, uh, who of course Rob Tru- Trujillo went on to be to play with Ozzy and lots of others, and is now a long-term member of Metallica, longest bass player, they've longest-serving bass player they've had, not longest bass player. Um, he doesn't play a <laughs> particularly long bass. Um, D- Dean Pleasance um, was also in Suicidal Tendencies as well, the guitar player. And Adam Siegel was a producer or is a producer, I believe. Am I right? Is this, is this correct? Um, no, he was in Suicidal Tendencies as well. So there's three members of Suicidal Tendencies yeah. here. You can tell that I did my research this time and I'm definitely not just scrambling around at the All... last minute on Wikipedia.
0: <laughs> All I did on this one was I looked at the the Wikipedia page for this album and I didn't recognize most of the names. And I mean, in fairness, Um, Suicidal Tendencies has had about as many members as Spinal Tap. I think they've had about 30 different members. Mike Muir is the only continuous member. Uh, Trujillo wasn't even original, to give you an idea.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Trujillo came in on the second or third record. And then, uh, obviously, as anybody who's heard him knows, Trujillo is a monster of a bass player who can play all kinds of different styles. and. He uh so they, they did this. And, you know, of course, you're, they have like, I think, eight guitar players listed on this album. Dave Kushner is one of them. And, you know,
1: later of Velvet Revolver, of course.
0: Correct. I believe he was like Slash's friend.
1: I think so. He was in a band called The Electric Love Hogs.
0: Not a familiar.
1: Wasted Youth. But I, I only heard of those bands when I heard of him via um Velvet Revolver. so. Yeah, I'm just looking now. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. I think they went on. Oh, here we go. Ah, here we go. Um, So they did. They did. They did. Yeah, I believe he did Infectious Grooves just after Electric Love Hogs. Mm. Um, But I'm just trying to look. Oh, that's right. Here we go. Stephen Perkins was involved as drummer on one of the Electric Love Hogs records, I think. Uh, on the the only electric love hogs records um although that was 1992 so that was actually slightly after infectious groove so i don't know where he really came from he was in this band Amer- wasted youth um i don't know really how big they were but here we go i think they were kind of punk and they were associated with like the adolescence and TSOL, social distortion those guys so um so there we go um that's yeah, no he, he,
0: he's had a, a- a bit of a varied career played obviously with velvet revolver, which velvet revolver is a, probably a good, uh, I think their second record is probably a good, uh, a good um, subject for this podcast. Yeah, he's exactly. also in uh, Dave Navarro's solo band, sugar tooth zilch. I don't know. Moving on. Cause he's not that critical to this band to this.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't even list him on Wikipedia here, but it does for know. me. Initial right. lineup
0: oh i'm uh, i'm, I'm looking at i'm i'm just looking at
1: the, the album yeah. okay yeah i'm clicking on the actual album now and yes you're absolutely <laughs> right i think he was probably on the record but wasn't an official member or something well, i like
0: mean that. look one two three four five there are five guitar players credited
1: on this Oh, album. yes you're right there's like nine. it's one of those where they got 900 different people on
0: um right so you've got yeah. you know the you've got the the, th- the main three guys and then you've got a bunch of people moving in and out you've got three producers listed yeah.
1: and then there's this guy that probably Four no producers one's heard of. listed yeah there's this guy that i've never heard of Ozzy osborne who apparently just oh, yeah. vocals on one track i don't know who he is
0: i think um, i saw him on the tv
1: absolutely oh. yes yes so um
0: it's interesting okay. though how incestuous this album becomes because you have all of these people like a thousand people coming together on this album and then they all end up working together later uh Trujillo of course goes on to become uh Ozzy Osbourne's bass player uh he never recorded with Ozzy but did tour with them for a number of years and in fact the first time I ever saw Trujillo perform was at Ozfest 1997 with Ozzy Osbourne and then I saw him again in 98 with Ozzy Osbourne Right, And then I saw him, I've seen him once with Metallica as well. And then I saw, yeah. uh, I, I did see a lineup of an, of suicidal tendencies, a couple of, oh God, I guess it's been seven years ago now. <laughs> um, and nobody in this version of, that, nobody that was in suicidal at this point in time, besides Mike Muir was on that stage. So none of these guys were there.
1: Right, right. Well, there we go. There we go. So, yeah, so look, in a way, it's a super group. There's certainly lots of notable figures. It is. And in I, I, involved with lots of other notable figures involved. And there's Ozzy making an appearance on there as well.
0: More of an appearance in the video than the song. But yes. And I take back what I said. We are not we are, we are not pushing the limits of super group. No, this is definitely a supergroup. As you have James Addiction, you have David Kushner, whatever the hell he is. We'll call him All-Star Fill-In. And then two guys from Suicidal, you know. So, yeah, definitely a super good.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so these guys are, well, they are still around. They're a funk metal band. Um, so I guess at the time, funk metal was a pretty nascent thing in the late 80s. I guess Faith No More would probably release an album or two. And that Here was about- at,
0: uh, When this album had come out, uh, faith no more had dropped maybe even three
1: right right uh,
0: let me see when the their third album which i can't remember the name of uh has come out
1: I can't remember that was um the real thing is that the third or is that the second that is angel the dust that's the angel third. dust okay
0: okay angel dust had not come out yet so their angel dust is on the way uh, the real thing had been out for a couple of years at this point. When they uh, probably been out for about a year or so when they go into record this, and the real thing, it, it it is difficult to understate what kind of a water, uh, you know, a tsunami that album created. Because up until that <laughs> point, metal was, you know, it was in two camps: it was hair metal and metal, and real metal. And real yeah. metal was that thing a lot of people will talk about, like Rob Zombie refers to as the dinosaur that never changes. And it, it it didn't change. You had the underground, of course, of you know bands like Metallica, who was quickly leaving the underground. Then you had death metal growing at that point in time. But metal, the one thing that they all had in common was metal wasn't fun. It was sure. all anger. It was all suicide. It was all kill everyone. So then Faith No More comes out. And I would make the argument that especially at that time, Faith No More was a metal band. And if, especially if you go back to their, their debut record, Introduce Yourself, it, which kind of came and went and nobody really heard it. It Introduce Yourself was this kind of nut bar thing. And they even mentioned the garbage pail kids in the on the record.
1: Means, but...
0: Oh, you don't? Oh, the garbage pail no. kids were um, in the middle '80s, early the early mid '80s. They, it was these trading cards that were making fun of Cabbage Patch Kids.
1: Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. So
0: they would be. They were a parody of Cabbage Patch Kids, but they were either disgusting or violent or. I mean, they they caused such an uproar that uh, they talked about them on the national news and how they were terrible for your children and blah blah blah. So of course it made us want them more. And I had plenty of them in 1985 and 1986. They were sticker cards, and they were awesome. Um, if you look at the new Green Jello record, it's called Garbage Band Kids, and it's a parody of Garbage Pale Kids.
1: Right. So I just, I don't think we had that in the UK at all. So there you go. Uh, probably always,
0: a very American uh, thing.
1: Yeah. I, always a, a cultural, um, cultural education experience on this show.
0: That's what I like. Um, about That's one of the things like, did you, did you even have like uh, cabbage patch kids?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We have them. Yeah. But not the but, garbage. Version. So, yeah.
0: so Faith No More hits. And then what Faith No More does is they open up the door for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Because at this point in time, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Metallica, I would argue, I mean, don't take this too literally or too seriously, but I would wager that Metallica and like, well, a year before, two years before, Metallica and Red Hot Chili Peppers were around the same level of popularity in the underground. Everybody into music knew those names, if not any of their songs had singles, had videos, hadn't really broken.
1: Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. They were both. Yeah, I guess they were both bands who slowly their slow burn through it. Yeah, exactly. Throughout the 80s, over the course of maybe three, four albums. And then like by about their fifth album ish, they suddenly hit big right around the start of the 90s.
0: Right, and they both also pulled in, you know, super
1: producers. Yeah, Rick Rubin, et cetera, yeah. Rick Rubin
0: and Bob Rock come in, respectively. And then, and so then I think Faith, I think Red Chili Peppers have a lot to thank Faith No More for because the idea of funk in 1990, 1991 was not in the American lexicon anymore. Sure, sure. That was a kind of music that existed in the 70s, early 80s, and had kind of dissipated, and most people didn't know the Chili Peppers enough to go, well, the Chili Peppers are funky, and then all of a sudden, what was the name of Oh, epic. Epic hits. Falling to Pieces hits, and the world changes. Fortunately, it changed more for other people, but... And then here we have probably the godfathers of the crossover thrash scene, go, you know, it'd be fun. Let's do a funk record.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I guess that's it. I guess that is pretty much the backstory of this record. They just wanted to do that. And they got together this lineup with some pretty notable figures and they went ahead and did it. So yeah, I guess unless you've got anything else, I'm ready to go into the track by track.
0: Yeah, I I, I wish I had more information to, to really give, but I don't. Mm. This is this one is so forgotten to history that it's not really recorded in history.
1: Sure. Um, all I'm going to say is they are they're still together, infectious grooves, and they're still still with Rob Trujillo in. And uh, there's actually the guitarist from Faith No More, Jim Martin, is now in Infectious Grooves and the drummer from Avenged Sevenfold, Brooks Wackerman. So um, there you go. Plus some of the plus uh, Mike Muir and Dean Pleasance. Mike uh, Muir. Muir. I don't know why I can't say that today. Muir. Um,
0: but, I would be surprised if any English person
1: could say it. But. Right. I think, I, I don't know. I think we have that name. I just, I don't know. I can't seem to say it today, but <laughs> so we, um, yeah, I had never heard this. I had heard of this band. I knew that there was a connection with Suicidal Tendencies and with uh, Rob Trujillo. That was about it. Um, I'd never heard it before. I believe you know this album quite well, Nick.
0: As, as not as well as I would like, I don't have it anymore. I had to do it on YouTube. And unfortunately on YouTube, I missed a couple of the tracks. Some of the, a couple of the Sarsipius tracks.
1: <sighs> oh no, I, I found it all. I, I had to search. I had oh, to it's all right. I I'm, I
0: know Sarsipius. Okay. I mean, that's, I, when Duncan and I were texting this morning, just verifying, because we, we do every week, just verifying that everything's all good and we're on track and we're both listening to the same record. Because so far we haven't each listened to a different one. But it could, could happen. happen.
1: Yeah, it could easily happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So and he sends me back, you know, is this the one we're listening to, the plague that makes your booty move? And I responded with, yeah, Sarsipius, god damn it. And he responds back with, wait a minute, are we doing Sarsipius's arc? I'm like, yeah, no, I did
1: not know what you <laughs> meant by sound. I had to Google it. And then I thought, and then it came up with nothing. And then I thought, hang on, is that like the second album? So I looked looked and the second album had that word in it. So I thought, oh, he must mean we're doing the second album. Um, But no, so look, look, we better explain. So Sarsipius is a
0: character. We'll get get there, we'll get
1: there. All right, it's a character basically. Um, Okay, so look, look, track. let's do this. So track one, punk, Punk It Up. Not funk it up with an F, but punk it up with a P. Um, do you want to go first?
0: This is the song where they just say, "Let me, please back up. Let me introduce. Our, let me introduce myself. This is what we're gonna do." And it starts off with some metal, then it goes punk, and then all of a sudden to Robert Trujillo's amazing slap and pop uh, finger. You know, I, I don't, what's it called? Uh, slap bass,
1: slap bass, or slap and pop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: and. If you had only ever heard this man in Metallica or Suicidal or seeing him on OzFest, seeing him play with Ozzy, to hear him do this, it's just as shocking as it was the time I heard him playing flamenco guitar. Right. This guy is fascinatingly talented and can do, there's probably nothing he can't do. You could probably hand him the pieces, parts of a nuclear missile and he could put it together. (laughs)
1: don't do that that. though
0: don't do that we don't need any more
1: yeah definitely don't do that yeah i agree with you there um but oh sorry uh, this song
0: literally has everything you're going to get out of this band this 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 is their statement great great opener
1: yeah so yeah that slap bass hits you in the face pretty pretty quickly um very very good just proper funk slap bass. Um, so it's very fish po- fishbone, sorry. Like there is that Red Hot Chili Peppers type of sound. I know they're not really a funk band as such, but they, I guess, were the alternative.
0: Who the Chili funk, Peppers? They were. Rock. They were a funk band at one point.
1: I, Mostly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they've ever quite been a funk band. I think on their second album, they were nearly a funk band, which was Freaky styley. I, I used to be a really big fan of the Chili Peppers. I'm not so much. I used to
0: be a really fan, big but, fan, too. And you know what? I would argue that's one of the few bands that I've just kind of lost Lost my taste for.
1: Yeah, same here. Same here. It's a strange one, that. Yes, Yeah. But yeah, so, but anyway, look, it sounds like that. Um, then it goes hardcore-ish. I think the vocals do sound actually very Anthony Kiedis just to make that connection again with the Chili Peppers. And I'm not sure whether it's that they're both copying like Parliament and stuff like that, or whether he is actually copying Anthony Kiedis. Because they, also... they've had a few albums out at this stage at the Chili Peppers. It probably has yeah. three. I no, but this Five. Oh yeah, of course. Ninety-one. So actually, yeah. "Sugar, Sex, Magic" came out the same year. So you're right; that was their fifth. So, so yeah, they were pretty established. It's so, also worth
0: noting, though, that when the Chili Peppers started, they were really punk influenced.
1: Oh, for sure, man. They were, I would say that they started off as a funk punk band. And, that was their that was their thing.
0: And Suicidal started off as a thrash
1: punk band. Yeah, for sure. They man.
0: probably were the first crossover thrash band.
1: Yeah, and. Yeah, yeah
0: then he's going slightly more funky. Yeah, it, it would make sense that he would lean into the Anthony Kiedis kind of voice. Not, I wouldn't necessarily say he was copying it just because that's just probably what sounded right. I mean, think about, uh, you know, we were talking about Faith No More earlier. Think about Mike Patton's voice. There's times when Mike Patton leans into that kind of Anthony Kiedis kind of timbre.
1: Really? I don't
0: know. Oh, not a I, lot. I I'm. I'm not funny, saying, right? I'm just saying that kind of, Like kind of thing that they all do.
1: Yeah, he definitely has the the nasal thing. Uh, That's what I mean. Yeah, Mike Patton's got a very interesting voice on on that. But yeah, but anyway, we digress. So, yeah, no, absolutely. it's catchy, it's poppy, it is punky. The drums are still very 80s. It, 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 like, you've got that gated snare, but I like it. I think it works. I do have a real soft spot for the uh, the gated ambience on snare drums, depending on the context. You know, it can be awful, but I think it's great on this. Well, and uh, whoever
0: would have thought that that drummer is the guy from Jane's Addiction.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's-
0: that's what's so great about this song is you would never, if you didn't know who any of these dudes were, you would yeah, never you would
1: not think they were the guys that they were for sure.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. So I like, I, but yeah, I like you've got the wah wah funky lead guitar, and it's really good. What I like about it, really is they're good. Not just playing at funk; they can actually. It's not right. pure funk, but they can really do the funk stuff as well as anybody it is absolutely up there they're clearly properly well versed in (laughs) funk music and they can really do it you know Um,
0: we talk about how this is funk metal i would say no this is metal funk this is more funk than metal
1: yeah i don't know man not this one later later I'm yeah, do you know what I think you're probably right? I reckon it's probably 6040. I think that's probably right, actually. I think it's probably but the, thing 60 is, is the metal is
0: so metal
1: that it, is, it, really, yeah, it, it really cuts through. Yeah, and there's hardcore punk in there as well, which of course has yeah. a lot of crossover with uh, with metal. But yeah, I watched the video um because that, that was in the playlist mm-hmm. I listened to on YouTube, and there's some all the over-the-top hardcore moves are in there. And I think what I suppose what interested me in a way, I guess this is partly for the sum up, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it hit me on this first track. This is good fun music, but it's it's not good fun in a completely throwaway sense, like maybe hair metal often might be just really stupid. Good fun. This is I, I, I think this was a very late 80s, early 90s thing where you had this this alternative music that managed to be how how can I put it? it managed to be a little bit alternative and had a little bit of an edge to it and wasn't just completely cheesy, but was still good, fun, uplifting and positive. And I think that's quite a hard combination to get right. Agreed. That particular time in history was when there was a lot of that. I guess Green Day springs to mind just off the top of my head.
0: At this point Uh, in time, Green Day was still underground. They didn't blow up for another year or two.
1: Sure, but you know, but you know yeah, what but, I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I'm
0: sure these guys knew of Green Day, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, but on and, top of that, I
0: mean, think about guys like Ozzy who were doing, even. Oh God, I can never remember the name of the song, but there's a song from not not no more tears, no rest for the wicked, yeah. where you know he said, "I spoke to God this morning, and He don't like you." Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of fun. Yet angry, kind of stuff that metal was starting to work. I mean, they were starting to like take in, take on some of the hair metal. Oh God, what's the word? Uh, irascibility? That's not the right word. Ir- ir- irre- irreverence. They were trying to starting, they were starting to take it, on some of the hair metal irreverence. And that, and this is taking on the hair metal irreverence, the red hot chili peppers irreverence. And and then being a little bit metal and a little bit punk at the same time. And you just get this.
1: Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And yeah, I think it's, it's a moment in history that I think these days... I, 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 I'm not sure we could quite replicate that with the just the way the world is right now. That but fun. anyway, that's that's a more that's a philosophical conversation for another time. But yeah, there's a metal guitar solo and there's hardcore gang vocals, and then right at the end it goes back to the slinky groovy funk. And yeah, it's it's good, man. I like it. And it's the band is energy.
0: the band is so aptly titled because you just, I mean, half the time I'm listening, I was listening to this dancing and headbanging at the same time.
1: Perfect. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Oh, and actually, we I know we, we briefly touched on it, but we didn't quite actually um, properly introduce the name of the album, which is The Plague That Makes Your Booty Move, Ellipsis, It's The Infectious Grooves.
0: There you uh, go. I mean, that is perfect for right now.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it's such a George Clinton Parliament type of. Oh yeah! Name. Oh yeah! And it's great, man. It's great. Really. Around
0: great. this time, uh, George Clinton released uh, the Cinderella Theory. He also uh, some of my best jokes are friends. Right. But, yes, definitely, definitely a very good George Clintony parliamentary kind of title. But let's definitely. move on because we have been talking about uh, punk it up for like. 10 minutes
1: now we have so um track two therapy so i'll start on this one so yeah look more funk punk metal lots of red hot chili peppers style vocals like like anthony kiedis's early style um mm-hmm. before he developed the, the style that everyone now knows him for he used to be a little a bit rappy. Shouty and squawky yeah 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 exactly good catchy hook and this is the one with ozzy on ozzy's just the only thing he does is says the word therapy um yeah I, I think they
0: just used the same therapy over and over and over, too.
1: Probably. Yeah. But but, you know, it works um it does. some really nice, heavy chugging riffs, which is a, a, a running theme and some beatdowns, some proper hardcore beatdowns. It's all good fun. Not too serious. The lyrics, I didn't pay a lot of attention. I didn't have time to check them all out today, but the lyrics are just wacky, crazy, amusing. I, I, you know, they're funny, but it's it's not joke music, but, but they are amusing um yeah so i like the weirdness of this as well some weirdly guitar bits the bass is of course great um yeah the production's brilliant as well by the time i got to, i don't know somewhere in track two, this track i just noticed how good the production was it's got a really crisp nice clear sound really heavy but absolutely um crystal clear and and the bass always has a a nice smooth chorus type effect on like a very again a george clinton type of production going on there
0: very Um, much very much what flea uh the fleas like bass not not b-a-s-s but his b-a-s-e b-a-s-s sound his bass bass tone Should we just spend the
1: whole rest of the podcast spelling out all the words, like letter by letter? I think that would be really fun. Well, we could. Um, Uh,
0: So, you know, for me, this song, yes, that is TV's Ozzy Osbourne singing therapy, the one word therapy. It's a fun song. You know, I think this is kind of a callback to the old suicidal tendencies tune, Institutionalized, which I think is their biggest hit and everybody knows. And the video. This is another one that came with a video, just a goofy, silly video where they're doing shock therapy on dolls and having a ridiculous time. I just picture them kind of all drunk and high, running around, running around a studio, having a good old time. Because that was before Ozzy got sober, and just it's it's another great fun song. Yes, the production on this, I mean, it's immaculate, and that's something we've really lost with the, the the dropout and the money in the music industry is we don't get albums that sound like this for bands at this level
1: unless, i know what you mean yeah I know unless
0: mean. they can do it themselves now yeah 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 then there point. was back then there was so much money you could spend seven days picking out a snare drum
1: yeah
0: and I the record label's like "Well, oh, you need hookers and blow too we got that
1: <laughs>
0: now it's like wait now it's like okay come to us with your completed record maybe we'll release it for you
1: yeah this is true yeah very true yeah man okay are we ready for i look funny yes which is the first skit track like 30 seconds or however long it is or one minute um so yeah this is where we first hear um some of the humorous nonsense about these lizard characters in particular the character whose name is Sarsipius, and he's he's got a longer name, hasn't he? I can't find it here. I I can't got Aladdin Aladdin Sarsipius Stulemenagic Jackson III.
0: Hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can pronounce that word.
1: Sarsipius.
0: Sarsipius. Aladdin Sarsipius. There we go. Uh, Of course, there it is. Aladdin, Sarsipius, Sulemagic, Jackson, deterred.
1: Okay. Yes. Well, there you go. There you go. Um,
0: no, Suleimanagic, Sorry, Suleimanagic, Jackson, deterred.
1: The right. There you go. There you go. So that's, that's how really it's like, on the <laughs> album.
0: It's Sarsipius is every every sketch with Sarsipius. Is Sarsipius talking to Mike Muir, trying to get into the studio to record backup vocals for Infectious Grooves?
1: That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, and it, so he was an anthropomorphized um, lizard, reptile, basically. This is the idea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's look. It's amusing. I don't think we should. Particularly try and repeat the skits here right now. No, I can not remember I, what this one was, but it's all, it is genuinely funny. Some Sometimes little skit tracks on albums are just a waste of time, especially when the rest of the album is all quite serious. But th- these are g- really genuinely like funny comedy sketches. So um, I, I will yeah, say, we, being
0: we, we can stop talking about Sarsipius now. Well, we'll just get okay. the rest of the Sarsipius because we're okay. never going to be able to, to get it through. But, yes, they're genuinely funny. And the smartest thing they did was that none of them go on too long.
1: This is true. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. You know, a lot okay, of times so when speak-
0: people do those, they go on too long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, of going on too long and making sure we don't do the same thing. Um, let's let's move on to push ahead. Stop stop funking with my head
0: I got a text um, from my wife while listening to this one is is that appropriate or because I, I was listening to it pretty loud and she can hear it in the living room and I walk over I walk back to the living room and I'm like you got a problem with the word funk yeah she's like are you sure that's what they're saying
1: yeah I mean it is if you listen but yes if you did not have the name of the track written in front of you you might have be- been different. Could have been forgiven for thinking it was, uh, yes, something, (laughs) something rude. Yes. So look, there's a cool bass and drum groove. It's very Parliament. This is great. It gets into these really nice vintage classic um, funk synthesizers. Oh, yeah. And the vocals are great. Uh, It's slinky, it's slick, it grooves, It um, flows. Uh, which I didn't do when I said the word flow ironically but there we go it goes a bit shouty in the chorus hook you know a bit of punk rock in there and then there's a harmonica solo which I think works great and yeah I, yeah look it's it's more of the same in many ways it's a lot like that second Beto chili peppers album freaky styley um but but it's great really like it
0: here's where we're running into the problem on this album for me you you okay. nailed it it's it's more of the same
1: Sure, sure,
0: and sure. oh well, I will let that hang, but for this one, it's great. This one, this is the first song when I said, you know, they were a metal funk band. This is my proof. This is, but I mean, really, they're a metal band and a funk band and a hardcore band, whatever they want to be at that moment, yeah. But this one, I, I found this to be a very much more traditional funk out funk song, and yeah, yeah. And yes. Definitely including a harmonica solo, which is a great, great harmonica solo. Didn't overplay. Just, I mean, put enough little pauses in there to to make it more tasteful and to make you to make it more, it, it, let it hang in the air, as it were. And great song. Great song.
1: Totally, man. We've so, gotten, yeah.
0: so real quick, we've gotten three tracks in a row where they're just pounding it out and just dropping
1: them like it's hot.
0: Hopefully yes. that keeps up.
1: Yeah, well, okay. Well, track five, I'm going to be my king. So do you want to lead on this one?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, it starts off like all sensitive and I'm like, oh, is this the ballad? And they're like, no, it is not. Okay, now what's yeah. going on? And it's 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 another good song. But here we have, again, le- leaning back into the previous tune, there's not a whole lot here that's different than anything they've done yet.
1: Yeah. Okay, so for me, this is where the cracks begin to show, such that they are not not major cracks, but um, okay, look, it starts, like you say, with this electric piano and this distant reverb elite guitar. Then it kicks in, uh, and pretty soon kicks in full on heavy metal style. Sounds a lot like Metallica goes thrashy i mean of course they, they these guys play in thrash bands a lot of them mm-hmm. um but somehow it's just a bit unconvincing to me when they're doing that heavy bit and it feels a little bit like they're trying to uh put to have one foot in the funk and one foot in the really heavy thrash metal and they can't quite commit to either and and, and at this point in time on this song, they're just not locking in. Those styles are kind of competing with each other rather than complementing each other. So it's like he's tempering the metal voice to sound a bit more funky and, and sort of loose and flowing. And then it makes it, it weakens the metal. And then the rigidness of the metal riffs, the kind of. Uh, seems to detract from the grooviness of the funk. So for me, this is where it starts to not quite mesh. Um, but in fairness, I, I'm I'm doing it down. It does still sound really good. Overall. It's not a
0: it's not a bad song. And if yeah. you, if I heard this song without hearing the previous three, I'd be like, wow, this is awesome. But to to buttress your point of the the styles not meshing well, funk and metal are both very very heavy-handed styles and in different ways right so if if you you can't have them 50 50 on a track
1: yeah you've got to
0: move back and forth and in this one they were going 50 50 on the track and i think this comes back comes down to the fact there were four different guitar players and four different producers
1: yeah that's a good point
0: we got some we got some rotation where the 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 meshing of the styles isn't meshing as well because of likely because of the people that were in the studio that day
1: could well be yeah i mean i would i would just to come back on something you said i think there are points where they do manage to get that mesh to work and it oh, completely. And it is 50-50 and sometimes you go wow you've just done it but yes i agree most of the time it works best when it's actually leaning more towards one than the other and then you get the problem of well How do we feel about the fact that it's moving between one and the other like that, like super slinky funk going into really thrashy, hardcore metal? I mean, I'm sort of okay with it because I like both those styles, but I think a lot of people would find that a bit too jarring. Um, And that would probably be my main criticism. uh, I think you
0: I think you just explained why this album is forgotten.
1: Yeah, I see that. I mean, that does make a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because it's not like the Red Hot Chili Peppers where they, they were never metal. They yes, yeah, sure, they were punky, but they were kind well, of a rock they were, band. Really. Right.
0: Well, they were no. only punky in... I don't mean to be insulting, but they were only punky in their earlier days. As they improved on their instruments, they were less and less punky.
1: You're you're right. Whereas metal, like you say, it's full on. You know, you can't really just put oh, let's just put a tiny bit of thrash metal in there. Like, what does that mean? Like, no, you either do no. it or you don't. Right. So, it's, funk yeah.
0: is funk is analog. Metal is digital. It's on or off. And if you listen to a lot of these tracks, there's a, a really strong base. They Robert Rob Trujillo's bass has turned up. And oh, for sure,
1: man. Yeah. The yeah, guitar
0: yeah. is turned down. So sometimes you have to really listen for it. In the times where they bring the guitar up more into the mix, like this one, you get a bit more of the mute. They're they're fighting rather than them playing together.
1: Sometimes, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, man. So then we've got track six which is called closed session which is just the next skit track it's it's just listen to it there's no point in us trying to explain it but it is funny
0: it's I'm good Zasipius, God damn it.
1: he did it he went for it yeah ex- exactly exactly um yeah sorry, he came sorry. to do backups he came to do backup vocals he's trying to convince uh the the, the guy on the studio door to let him in uh to,
0: to move on in. move on i'm just going to keep cracking up and shouting out lines if we don't move you on you do
1: that no. So track seven is the, uh, the, the the band. I don't know what you call it. What, what's the, there's a word for this that I cannot think of where you call a thing after yourself. Um, eponymous? Uh, eponymous. That is the word I'm looking for. Eponymous. We it's are eponymous busting out
0: the $4 song. words this week.
1: Sure, man. So the track is called Infectious Grooves. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about it?
0: The only thing that bothers me is because uh, I know Keefe is listening. Hey, Keefe. This hey, would have hey. driven Keefe crazy if it were Infectious Grooves by Infectious Grooves on the album titled Infectious Grooves.
1: Like Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath on Black Sabbath and yes, Iron Maiden that is, by Iron Maiden on Iron Maiden.
0: Yes, that is his pet peeve. That is his greatest pet peeve. Oh, but he did, doesn't
1: like it because he's no. hard to tell which one you mean when you talk about. Right. Him. He hates
0: that. So right. it would have been better if this were on the, the Infectious Groove self-titled. But. You know, this one, you know, we were talking about the metal and the funk. This one, this one leans more into the metal. It's got some good grooves. I mean, I mean, every song on this album grooves, you know, Trujillo. Yeah, yeah. Trujillo is just, I mean, when I was listening to this one, it's hard to believe that's even a human hand doing what he's doing because it's so precise. It is so funky. And it's so fast. I mean, I would imagine if you could actually see his hand, it would be like moving as fast as that puppet in the tool video. And all you see is a blur.
1: Yeah, yeah. But just and of course, I mean, you're absolutely right about all of that. But at the same time, it is very human in the sense that it just has this the the flow. And I'm going to use the word again, the groove um that you know this this couldn't be programmed if you try and program that type of funky slap bass with a computer I mean mean, yeah okay some people can just about do it but it's not quite the same this is like he's just got the feel he's absolutely precise but also just has that x factor of you know push and pull with the timing in the way that just is, is perfectly suited to that slightly loose slinky funk style completely um, it's, it's like tight but loose is the the short version of what i'm saying tight but loose you know it's
0: it's it's very precise played by a human
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: so it's there's going to be it's going to lack the the it's going to lack minute imperfections it's going to i'm sorry it's going to contain minute imperfections which gives it the human feel, but it's it's crazy how good of a player this man is, and how oh, for sure. and,
1: and and like the imperfections are kind of almost that's the point. It's like oh, yeah. the right imperfections to make it sound funky and groove. Like the groove is the groove because of the imperfections in a way. It's not you don't want it absolutely metronomic, otherwise the well, groove's kind of gone. You know,
0: it to without referencing Metallica too much. If you listen to the album he comes in on, which is Some Kind of Monster, Some Kind of Monster was the first time Metallica would record a riff and dupe it.
1: Hang on, it wasn't called that. That's not the name. No, the no, I'm sorry. St. Anger. Anger. St. Anger, Anger. Anger,
0: yes. I'm yeah. sorry. It's the. One, I, I hate that album and I'll never buy it again. But it's, it's the one... Don't
1: you listen to the snare drum sound on repeat every day just to wake you up and make you feel great about the day in the morning.
0: God, it sounds like a fart. Um... Oh, it's awful. It's awful. But the sorry, you 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 broke. Sorry,
1: I I, I just yeah. When you listen
0: to the album, it sounds like crap because what they did was they recorded once they got the riff right, they would just dupe it. There is a DVD that comes with the album where it's them playing the entire album live with Rob because Rob is not on it. And when you bring in the human perfections, that thing no longer sounds like, frankly, a hip-hop sample record. And it sounds actually pretty decent. And the snare drum isn't there. So that also brings it up by about 30 points. Anyway, moving on to...
1: Yeah, well, this is, I did. I don't think I gave my thing on Infectious. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, but no, but it, do you know what? It's fine. Yeah, basically, look, it's a lot more of the same type of thing. You've got some jazz prog metal stuff, like guitar solos and things over the slinky funk. Yeah, you know, it's good. It's good fun. It works. Some gang vocals as well. It's catchy. So then track eight is Infectious Blues, which is just like, it's not. Nah, I just ignored song. that one. Oh, fine. Well, they basically do some really cool blues, but it's, it's, it's a silly joke, but it's right. actually really it, like they do it. Really well. Again, it just it highlights that they, they know their stuff. They can play, they can turn their hand to probably was, any style of music and they, they really get the whole blues <laughs> thing. It sounds like a 1930s blues recording. It's amazing
0: great. Um, bottleneck blues recording on a exactly. resonator. It was a bottleneck blues recording on a resonator as a joke.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's Holy really crap. cool. Yeah. I mean, think about,
0: that's the level of authenticity they went for.
1: Yeah, exactly. for a joke. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's, it's great. And if it was a longer song, it could have been a, a half, you know, it could have been a, a good song. Actually, it wouldn't have fitted with the rest of the album, but it would have been cool. But anyway, let's move on. OK, Monster Skank, track nine. So it comes in with a big, heavy, chugging, slowish riff, probably the heaviest riff yet. Then it goes fast with these. This is the one that goes weird. It's, it's like purposefully weird. It's like Frank Zappa weird or Mr. Bungle weird. You've Thank got these you. strange, Thank you. strange clean guitars going over the top of these heavy riffs, um, unusual sounding synthesizers. Um, so, and, and you've also got these intentionally silly sounding bits in the, in the Zappa kind of way where it's silly, but done with an absolute straight face and done perfectly. So you're not quite sure well which where's the joke is this a joke I know it's not completely serious but what yeah so it's that type of um I don't know knowing slightly ironic slightly humorous intentionally weird discombobulating skittish all over the place stylistic mishmash. Thing. And I don't really know if I like it or not It's perhaps a little bit too All over the place Prog jazz for me But I certainly appreciate The uh, the Musicianship and I appreciate the fact That it doesn't sound like anything else Um all right, well, it's well, a he- bit like Frank Zappa And Mr. Bungle but you know Here, um, Here's
0: what I'm going to say I love that you but, said it was like Frank Be- Frank Zappa And Mr. Bungle weirdness Because my entire notes are this has gotten a bit weird Uh, that's what i wrote on that one and that that's now i know i complained earlier about how the songs didn't sound different enough and now we have this song that's really really different and i'm going
1: no yeah exactly yeah so
0: call me call me captain hypocrite on this one but i it's not bad but it's just like i don't know we could have left this one out
1: yeah i know The, the rest of the album isn't like that the rest of the album has humor but I thought this
0: did have humor, but it's very tongue-in-cheek humor.
1: I agree. This has this one has humor, but it's different. The right. there's a fine line, isn't there? Like most of the rest of this album, there's a humorous element to it, but it still feels like the music itself is is fun but serious. Okay. Right. Whereas this didn't feel like fun but serious. This felt like it was sure them, I was them. It was them spending. singing
0: about the mosh pit.
1: Yeah, and it's like, is this a Weird Al Yankovic type of... It's like that type of vibe, you know? Yes, yes. There you go. So, which doesn't quite fit with the rest of the record. Correct. So, let's let's, um, bring it back to the people for the next track, which is called Back to the People.
0: Uh, Do I got to go
1: first? I'm going... going. I don't know anymore. I'll go
0: first. You're looking at me like I'm supposed to go first, so I'll go first. (laughs) Uh, It starts off with... I don't know what I mean it's just it's again we're, we're off to experimentation island again and this song does not fit with the rest of the record easily could have been left off it starts off with like what we would have called back in those times jungle beats and you know all the drums and then it ends up on like this amazing the song ends with this amazing Caribbean conga solo yes And it's like I don't know what we're doing here, and I I think that's the worst feeling I can have about a song on an album, especially on an album that I really like, because I really do like this one. When when it's what are we doing? Why, or, or better yet, why are we doing this?
1: Yeah. I, I've got to concur with almost everything you said there, probably with everything you said there. Um, I like a lot of the ideas, I like those percussion sections, I like the congas, there's some other percussion in there as well, I can't remember what it all is now, but there's a lot of layers. And it's great, but this track just never really gets started, it's like it goes in a certain direction, you think this is building up to something, and it goes, no, nah, actually we're going to just change direction a bit. And then not really start that either. And then we'll throw a tiny bit of funky guitar in and then, oh, actually, it's gone now. It's finished. Goodbye. That and I you, is, think, you
0: yeah. have described this song perfectly. It never really gets going. You think it's going to build up, but it doesn't.
1: Yeah. So it's yeah. Fragmented. So, yeah, I totally agree. Leave it either. Finish it or just don't put it on. It feels I like I think to finish to it,
0: you would have a song like Echoes.
1: Right okay this would probably
0: be a 20 minute song if you finished it
1: yeah could well be so yeah turn your head is another skit where he's he actually got let in um to audition for the studio session um and then they introduced the the guy so the guy says because this does lead to the next song the engineer whoever it is says right well you should know the songs so uh, you know give us a song and then sarsipius says well which song do you want me to do of course i know the songs and the engineer goes well how about you lie and your breath stank and he, and then Sarsipius takes that as an insult. But in fact, it's the next uh, the next song on the record. So let's move on to that right now. You lie we, and your breath stank.
0: We agreed not to talk about Sarsipius, but apparently Sarsipius Doug has dug says himself so far to Duncan's head he can't stop. And I yeah. love it. So you you lie and your breath stank. That's I mean, that was uh, Uh, You know, back in the back in this time frame, you know, the idea of the 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 schoolyard insults and just you know saying silly things—that's what this song is based on. It's we we have gotten away from the goofiness of "Back to the People" and the craziness of "Monster Skank" into something more appropriate for the album, which is good because we are now heading towards the end. We're on the back, you know, we only got a few more songs, and you know, it's it's a slow stomp strong humor, and it, it one thing we haven't talked about much are the guitar solos on this record. The guitar solos on this record, the ones that are there, because they're not everywhere, are really, really good. And this is another really good one.
1: It's a psychedelic one, isn't it? Yeah, there's some very Hendrixian lead guitar parts. There's some more metal solos. There's some more jazzy ones. They're all great. I'm guessing now I know what I know, that some of them were probably played by different players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this psychedelic solo is brilliant. Um, Yeah, this for me um, is back on form, great grooves, funk mixed with sludge metal and it works. You've got this wonderful synth. I love it. It's like a a brass synth, which brass synths can sound appalling. But this is just great. Um, Yeah, um, and it just mixes really well. Those styles, like I talked about earlier, how they weren't jigsawing very well here. They do for me, this slow, sludgy metal groove with the blissed out, chilled out, slow funk groove. Somehow they're just right there with each other. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of it. Yeah, slink I've called it slinky sludge, like the slinkiness of funk and the sludginess of like doom metal or something, you know, and um, slinky sludge. So agreed,
0: agreed. Um... So as we get back to the rest, there's only a couple more songs on this album we're talking about. You got the skits, of course, which are absolutely brilliant. But uh, I'm I'm just going to finish off the next two songs because I don't have a whole lot to say on either of them. You got "Do the Sinister," which I think is a clapback at the big, uh, you know, dance craze of the time, and it's not great. It's 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 got it's got its moments. It's nothing nothing I'm really loving about. Nothing I'm really loving about it. And then you have "Infecto," blah 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 blah. And for that one, it's, you know, it's a real meat and potatoes infectious kind of
1: funk. What? Sorry, infectious, I think Oh, thank you. Infecto, infecto groovalistic. Sorry, that's what it is, I think. Yeah, that's
0: it. Yeah, it, a, a real meat and potatoes funk song that's good, but it doesn't have that, that, that push and pull that a lot of the other stuff had.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did quite like these two tracks. I don't think they're the best two tracks on the album. But um, yeah, Do The Sinister's got some nice tense grooves and s- some moments where those stylistic combinations work really well. Um, but yeah, Infecto Groovalistic. Um, we're back. There's some odd proggy jazz bits here with some kind of creepy sort of... Um, intentionally slightly humorously creepy whispered vocals, um, but it's still classy and funky and it's still cool. And I like the clean guitar solo in the break. Um, I
0: didn't mean to make it sound that I didn't like these. They just weren't as good as a lot of other things.
1: I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, there's a lot of more of the same here, really. A lot of more of the same has probably been done better a bit earlier on in the record. Agreed. Um, yeah, and then it ends with thanks, but no thanks, which is the final skit where Sarsipius is rejected and ends up getting escorted out of the studio by security. Um, and that is it. That's the record.
0: I'm sorry. I'm th- I, I, my favourite thing about this podcast ever is hearing Duncan say Sarsipius. So, right. This is actually, I was giggling to myself this, this morning my my wife and i uh had a night out and picked up the kid this morning before we did that i'm like oh we got time because we had fallback i wanted to go to the grocery store before the podcast she's like just do it afterwards i'm like i don't want to and so we went to the we're driving we're driving to trader joe's and it's 15 miles away because i won't go to the closer one and i'm sitting there talking about i can't really wait for duncan I can't really wait to hear what Duncan has to say about this record because this record is such an oddball one. And my wife puts up her hand and says, Hey, I'm happy not being in your podcast world. Shut up. (laughs) So I had to stop. Well,
1: Well, right now I'm happy being in our podcast world. And I was also happy being in the world of Sarsipius and infectious grooves. Um, yeah, I, look, I enjoyed this a lot. It's it's good fun. It's the sort of music. I used to listen to more music like this, and then I don't listen to so much music like this anymore. And it felt quite nostalgic for me, I think, because um, even though I don't know the band, I'd listened to a lot of stuff from around this era, stuff that had influenced, influenced this, and maybe even stuff that this had influenced. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. Um, I like the style, I like the irreverence of it, I like the balance between it still being, generally speaking, a very serious album musically, but you've got that irreverence, you've got that humour, you've got that light-heartedness, you've got that silliness that's just fun, Um, and it's incredibly well played, it's really, really well produced um look it's not perfect it has a few issues with those styles which which can clash at times i can certainly see how people who, you know, I, I mean, I, I listen to lots of different stuff. I'm sure a lot of our listeners do so I can sort of get myself in that headspace of moving between one style and another. Um, but I can see how some people would think, Wow, why is it suddenly just gone all loud and noisy when it was doing this cool funk thing or vice versa? Wow. Where's, what are these stupid, jazzy clean guitars doing? I thought this was a, a thrash band or something, but for me, I, I, I think most of the time that works or it works well enough. Um, And I probably don't have anything more to say. I like it. It's good fun. Um, Spin it. Definitely.
0: For me, this one, I mean, it's obviously spin it. This is something that I listened to when it was fairly new. My best friend in high school, when we were both 15, 16, was a bass player. So as a bass player, as my best friend was a bass player, his dad was a bass player and I got to hear a lot of bass-heavy stuff that your average person probably kind of missed out on because you got, I mean, you've got the the top layer where you got Rush and Primus, and you got the second layer from Mike Watt, and then it, and and it goes even farther lower than that. But and this this is probably the fifth or sixth layer in in that from this time frame, just in terms of popularity. But it it's it's a really cool thing they did here because they took two metal genre or two musical genres that clash more than they more than they meld and for the most part they were able to take those two things and work them together and work them into a new style which a lot of people decided to move forward with going after this yeah and it's a great record. It's not a perfect record. There are very few perfect records in this world. I'm one of the seven people that would tell you that Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon is not perfect. Close, but not perfect.
1: I mean, and, look, I think we can, there's a whole other conversation, but I, I don't think perfection exists. So I don't, I don't think anything can ever be perfect. So, I, I you know, I think... I would say Dark Side of the Moon is about as close as you're going to get. But the thing is, if you don't like it, then you don't like it. And you're not going to think it's perfect. So, you know, yeah. Nick disagrees oh. with me and thinks perfection does exist. And he's going to tell me the perfect album in a minute.
0: No, I'm not. You're going to have to oh. find it. There are perfect albums. A perfect album is an album that I like all the way through. Not the point. The point is actually, actually, that is the point. That is the point I'm making anyway. Um, I I don't like great gig in the sky, but
1: I I was just going to ask you, which bit of that album do you not like?
0: Yeah, It's it's great gig in the
1: sky. How can you not like great gig in the sky? Look, it's one for another time. Maybe
0: we'll fight it another day. We can, you can ask me every day. We'll, we'll play it, but not the point. The point is they do an amazing job of meshing two styles that clash. They were able to take green and silver and make it go together. (laughs) most
1: <laughs> i like that you went for that green and silver like yeah i mean yeah yeah for sure man which bit, to... which which one's green and which one's silver Well, green is
0: obviously green. the funk yeah and the metal yeah, yeah. is I obviously mean, metal silver
1: is, yeah metal is generally of a silver hue i guess so, there you uh, go
0: yeah well it's spin it or it. definitely spin it um if they had taken off the two tracks that we both didn't like uh, monster skank and back to the people, you have a much tighter record, probably about a 37 38 minute album rather than 45. And you lose, you lose two, you lose two almost dead weight tunes that. I agree. And it's, it's one of the things that it's hard to tell people like podcasters. Uh, sometimes you got to shut up and, less is more and this could have been one of those times but that is all i got for this week
1: yeah man well um rock and roll that's it yeah (laughs) me too all right thanks for listening thank
0: you for listening and with that i'm gonna go spin digital underground sex packets see you guys have a great week